This is the League of Leagues podcast, the fantasy football podcast, and I'm your host, Scott Aliala. This is episode three of our divisional breakdown, and this week we dissect the NFC West. I'm joined here today with League of Leaguers Mark Ganlin and Mike Aliali. Mark, I know you're out there in L.A. prepping for draft weekend coming up in a few weeks. How's the preparation going? Hey, guys. Uh, prep is going great. Um, I, like I said prior, I don't do the whole magazine thing, but um, I've been up to date trying to uh, keep up with rankings and ADPs and all and just trying to get football back together. It's been a while, so it's, it's nice getting – Nice, man. I know that we uh, we start off our drafts by figuring out who's going to select what pick within our draft. You had an awesome idea that you shared within our, our league group tra- uh, group text chain. Why don't you share that idea with the, with the audience? Yeah, um, as much as I'd like to, I can't take credit for it. But long story short, what we did is instead of just picking names out of a hat, um, this year we decided to do it beer pong style and so we taped uh every member's name to the bottom of a of a cup and we started taking uh beer pong shots and the order that was uh whoever makes the cup goes from 10 to 1 since it's obviously easier to make the first few cups so uh it's completely random you you shoot you you sink the cup, you drink it, and you look at the bottom and to see who who's tenth. And it's a good so way on. to get the booze on early and start to warm up for the draft as well. Mike, I know you're a big fan of the card selection process that we've had for probably the last twenty years or so. Um, are you still a big fan of that process? So I've been a big fan of that. I mean, God, it's been twenty years. So at first, it was we draw cards. Whatever card you pick, ace through ten, determines what what draft order you take. And then it turned into, you know, if you grab the ace, then you get your first pick of draft spots. You can go whatever, one through ten. And then it's limited as, as you get the number ten card, you're stuck with what you get. I was a big fan of that. It was a lot of fun. Um, frankly, that was probably the most fun part of the draft. But introducing beer pong and a little bit of booze to this, um, yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, I think the moral of the story here is 2020 has been a tough year to find ways to have more fun. and. If you can make your draft pick selection process more fun and add to um, add to the fun of 2020, then find a way to do it. So maybe it's time for us to get a little bit more creative. And Mark, really gra- glad you threw that idea out there. So before we get hashtag <laughs> before contribute. we get into the NFC West, I want to start with what we've been starting with the last few episodes with our not so breaking news. NFL Network reports that Derek Carr is, quote, tired of being disrespected. Mike, your thoughts on Derek Carr being disrespected? Yeah, I think this is the same guy who came out who's an irrelevant quarterback claiming to wear uh, an arm sleeve in recognition of the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant. So, you know what? Play better and you won't get disrespected. <laughs> Mark, and thoughts on Derek Carr bouncing back and, and uh, silencing the critics? Yeah, um, I don't have too many thoughts on Derek Carr. I, I mean, he's... Uh, That's kind of disrespecting him right there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't have... I don't disrespect the guy, but I don't, I don't think he's going to be a top 10. Um, certainly, he's got weapons. But um, as long as he does his job, um, you know, I think, I think they'll be all right. I, I just don't really see him, you know... I don't see much, anything yeah, special. With the family him. tree there with, with David, older brother, being disrespected throughout his career, I would have thought he'd gotten used to it by now, but I guess not. <laughs> All right, guys, <laughs> let's get into the NFC West. Let's peel the layers back here with each of the individual fantasy players that are relevant for the 2020 season. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. They, according to Vegas odds, their win total over under is seven. They won five games in 2019. Mike, you taking the over or the under? I'm taking the over, and this is one of the safest bets in the NFL. Wow. So you're I, buying the hype. So this is what so this is what I've learned. So everyone is high on the Cardinals, and God knows we have that group chat, and I've listened to podcasts with all of our guys, and every single person in our league is is just sliding the Cardinals, which makes me think that I'm all in on the Cardinals. All right. All right. Mark, what about you? Yeah, um, I got to tell you, I, I like the Cardinals this year. Um, I have them 
statted out or projected to win 10, 10 games this year. Um, I think they made some some big changes. A- adding Nuke is a huge one. And, um, uh, you know, Kenyon Drake, as long as he gets the, you know, keeps doing what he was doing last season. I think they so have I'm a going shot. under here. They feel like, to me, the Cleveland Browns of 2019. If you remember, Cleveland got the hot receiver. They got Odell Beckham. They got a bunch of talent on the roster. Baker Mayfield coming into his own. There was the hype of them winning and exceeding expectations. Uh, Cardinals, I kind of feel – I kind of see some similarities there. So I'm going under. I'm, I'm calling 6-10 and 10 for the Cardinals. Let's get into the fantasy implications of this. That's starting with the quarterback position. Kyler Murray, he's ECR for the audience. That's expert consensus rankings five for quarterbacks being drafted right around Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Josh Allen. Mark, what do you think about Kyler Kyler Murray at ECR five? Uh, I think it's accurate. Like I said in my bold prediction, I think this guy's got talent. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, he's got the legs. You have to uh, not only worry about him passing, but he he can run. And this league has proven that a running quarterback can – can do some damage. And uh, I think uh, coming into his, what is it, his, uh, his second year now, he can shake off some of the cobwebs and and uh, get a good thing going with, with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think he's got potential to be up Mike, there. Mike, Tyler had two. 20 touchdowns last year throwing and then four rushing, about 500 yards rushing alongside of that. Kind of feels like his draft stock is being compared to where like a Lamar Jackson is. Everyone's kind of hot on the rushing QBs right now. Uh, what do you think about Kyler Murray at ECR5? I'm all in on that. Honestly, I think a lot of people are learning the lesson from sliding Lamar Jackson last year and seeing what he's capable to do. I think Kyler Murray's a better thrower of the football. And to get that extra NFL um, IQ uh, with one year under your belt, I think it's going to help him exponentially. I would see him going for 35 TDs this year and probably seven rushing TDs at a minimum. So are you drafting Kyler over Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson? I am. What about you, Mark? Uh, you know, uh, got got to play the board, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past anybody if they did that. And I, I don't think it's. I'm a bad taking choice. Wilson and Watson over Kyler Murray. I'm not buying the hype. He's five ten on paper, five eight in reality. Um, I'm not buying it. I think that huh. there's still the jury out to figure if he can play through full seasons in the NFL with taking some vicious hits. So. I'm not on the hype train with the Cardinals. I'm not on the hype train with Kyler Murray, so I'm going to pass on him at ECR5. Much rather have Wilson and Watson, but I would take Kyler Murray over Josh Allen. Man, even losing DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to go Deshaun Watson over Kyler? I still think that, now we're digressing a little bit into the Texans, but even though they lost DeAndre Hopkins, they still have Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, they have weapons there, and with Deshaun Watson being the playmaker that he is, I think that the Nook, or Nuke, as they call him, uh, Nuke departure will not be as detrimental to his fantasy value. Moving on to the running back position, Kenyon Drake. He's ECR 9, being drafted around Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and Miles Sanders. Mark, let's start with you. Talk about Kenyon Drake and whether or not you like him at ECR 9. Well, you love Kenyon Drake as the uh, former Dolphin. Um, and, you know, as soon as he came to Arizona, I, I didn't really think much of him. Uh, he had a few good games, and he got picked up off, off the, the, the wire. Um, I don't remember in our league or the other one, but, he, you know, I think he's got top 10 potential for sure. Uh, he's got the workhorse role. Um, Chase Edmonds behind is Chase behind Edmonds. him, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Arizona's proven with David Johnson that you give somebody the worker, the, the, the role there, uh, they can get it done. And, and Kenny Drake, what do you have? Eight touchdowns. Um, I, you know, I think I think he can do better this year. You're buying Kenyon uh, Drake buying over it. Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs? Uh, personally, I, I like Jacobs more this year. Um, and I'd probably take Drake over, Mike, over Chubb, yeah. your thoughts? 
Your thoughts on Kenyon? But Drake? I do like Jacobs. No more. sale, man. No sale. No he, sale. He had that monster game when he joined Arizona. Scott, I think you and I have seen it too many times. Monday night, baby. I can still remember it. Four touchdowns. It's huge, man. I was in Vegas watching that game. Loved every second of it. <laughs> but as much as I want to see Kenyon Drake do well as a Dolphins fan, we've seen it too many times where we believe he's the outright number one workhorse, and for some reason, he just starts losing carries to his backup. In this case, I could see Chase Edmonds vulturing a bunch of carries. I don't see it. I think Nick Chubb is a better pick. I think Jacob's going to have a breakout season. Um, I, I just don't see it that high. So with Kenyon Drake at ECR9, you're pretty much drafting him in the second round at that price tag. So for me, a couple of observations on Kenyon Drake. Love the talent. Every time Kenyon Drake touches the ball, he has the ability to make a big play. He's explosive. But for some reason, multiple coach coaching staffs have not given him the workhorse role. I don't think it's a given that he gets the workhorse role in Arizona. So for that price tag, I'm not really willing to roll the dice. I'd rather roll the dice on a Miles Sanders or a Josh Jacobs personally. And with that in mind, I actually think Chase Edmonds is a nice draft pick deep in the, in the draft because he might be a guy that gets more carries than you think. Mark, any parting comments on Drake? Uh, no, I'll have to say, I think, I think he's going to have that work, uh, the workhorse role. I don't, I disagree. I don't think, uh, I don't think Edmonds is going to eat too much into his, his share, you know, after his, his strong finish last year. I don't see why he'd mix it right, up. New face at a different place. DeAndre Hopkins, Nook Hopkins, ECR wide receiver five has played with multiple quarterbacks in his career and has shined through various names of awful quarterbacks on the Texans. He's being drafted right around Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, and Chris Godwin. Mike, let's start with you. Your thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver five. All in. Take him higher. I think he's a top three guy. Wow. He's in in the Julio-Michael Thomas conversation. He's money. He's great. He's talented. He's on a new team. He's motivated. Uh, I'm in on this. Bold. All right. Mark. Do you agree with Mike's comments? Uh, yes and no. I mean, yes uh, and listen, no. I, I love DeAndre Hopkins. Um, yes and no. I think I think the challenge. Listen, the, the talent's there, no doubt. Uh, the motivation, all that. But the ch- the problem is, is pre with all with all the COVID stuff, he's not going to get the reps. The, uh, I don't think he's going to have enough practice. Uh, you know, getting to learn the new quarterback, the new system. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for him to for him and Kyler to get on the same page. But I think once they get rolling, it's a veteran. Kind of scary. He's a pro. He doesn't need the reps. He's going to go in there. He's going to run the routes. He's going to catch the balls. This isn't this isn't a rookie conversation. I think he's going to kill it. All right, both of you guys have talked. Mentioned the word motivation. Yeah, with no DeAndre doubt. Hopkins. What do you What do you guys know that I don't know about his motivation level, Mark? Uh, I think uh, I don't know too much. I, I think uh, ending last season, there was um, there was maybe some some locker room issues or whatnot, or, or coach. I, I don't know, but as a player, um, I think Hopkins is still you know top five wide receiver. Again, I just think the challenge is going to be getting on the same page with Murray. I mean, Watson, um, they've they've had chemistry. They've had you know, years together, it was, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was a system. Now he's got a, you know, he's got a new quarterback. They, they, he's got to get the timing right. It's, I don't think it's going to be that easy uh, just, just to pick up where he left I mean, off. You want to talk about motivation? Um, talk about staying motivated and catching the ball from Tom Savage, Brock Osweiler, TJ Yates, AJ McCarron, um, all those guys and still getting your numbers. That's, that's pretty motivated to me. Fair enough. So um, I'm going to disagree with both of you based on where he's being drafted. I'd rather have Julio and Tyreek, maybe a toss-up with Godwin. Not sure what I would do in that situation. Um, I don't, I don't like the new name at a new place this high up in the draft. Um, in a season that you have no preseason, you have no time to really develop the chemistry. Like Mark said, maybe he develops some chemistry throughout the season and ends up being a great second half of the year player. Uh, but I, that, that's a little bit too rich of a price tag for me for DeAndre Hopkins. Moving on to the wide receiver two for the Arizona Cardinals, Christian Kirk. 
ECR 37 being drafted around Deontay Johnson, Will Fuller, and Johnny Brown. Mike, let's start with you on Christian Kirk. He was a little bit of a bust last year. This is his third year. Is he going to break out? Uh, Breakout is aggressive, but, you know, as I talked about, Kyler probably getting an extra 10 TD passes this year. Obviously, some of them are going to Christian Kirk. Last year, he's looking at three TDs, 700 yards. I'd look for him to break a thousand and probably be right around five to seven of those five to seven TDs. So um, def- definitely a big step up, a breakout season. I don't think I'd be so bold as to say that. Christian Kirk or Will Fuller? Will Fuller. Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, I like Christian Kirk, but with Hopkins coming in and you still got, you know, Fitzgerald somehow still playing, there's going to be less targets for him. Um, you know, I, I, w- I would still probably take him over Fuller just with Fuller's injury history. I think he's got potential. He only had three touchdowns last year. I think he can do better. Um, but I, I just don't see this being a, a huge Christian Kirk year, not with not with the uh, other players that have. I agree with Mike that I would take Will Fuller over Christian Kirk. Will Fuller could argue, arguably be the wide receiver one for the Houston Texans. Um, I am intrigued by the third-year wide receiver in Arizona where DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have the chemistry. Maybe Christian Kirk early in the season does have the chemistry with some history that, that DeAndre Hopkins does not have with Kyler Murray. So from that perspective, I do like him, and I like his draft position of ECR 37. So of all the players on the roster here, when you look at value, I like Christian Kirk at, at wide receiver 37. So I'm, uh, I'm in on that. Moving on to the tight end. I mean, I, I don't think Arizona is going to be throwing the ball to a tight end. His name is Max Williams. He's not even ranked in ECR. I have him literally listed here on my notes as unranked. So rather than talk about Max Williams, I'm going to throw, I'm going to do a throwback here and go back to the receivers and talk about Larry Fitzgerald. He is ECR 67 for receivers. He's being drafted around guys like James Washington, Hunter Renfro and DD Westbrook. I'm kind of liking the value there for Fitzgerald at 67. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, at, at that point, I mean, you might as well take a, a dart throw at him. The guy's con- pretty consistent. Um, you know, you could rely on him if, if you're in a pinch, uh, wide receiver three or a desperate flex play. Um, Mike I like Fitzgerald. On the Fitzgerald desperation flex play? I wouldn't go so far. Does as he have flex appeal? He's definitely got flex appeal. I wouldn't go so far as call it desperation. It's worth noting that he had better numbers than Christian Kirk, 100 extra yards, and one more TD. So there's definitely something there. He's kind of an ageless wonder. I feel like he's the Frank Gore of wide receivers in that he goes out there, he puts up his numbers. It's nothing sexy, but it's a great streamer, maybe wide receiver three um, play. So I- I'm a fan, man. I-, I I always appreciate his work ethic, his-, his interviews. He's always like, you know what, my job is to catch touchdown passes. I catch them and that's it. Um, I'm a fan of Fitzgerald. I like that analogy, the Frank Gore of wide receivers. He's going to be that wide receiver that catches touchdowns that makes mm-hmm. Kirk and Hopkins owners just so frustrated. Like Gore makes people frustrated. In this case, Le'Veon Bell owners. All right, guys, good stuff on the Cardinals. Let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams. They are over under Vegas odds scheduled to win or lose um, 8.5 games. So, Mark, are you over or under 8.5 wins for the Los Angeles Rams? Uh, I'm, I'm actually slightly under. I have them at seven wins. Any thoughts around why this you're year. at seven wins? Um, you know, they just, they just haven't, they haven't been able to keep it together, I don't think. Um, they, they had a strong season, uh, what, two seasons ago, and – um, you know, Todd, losing Todd Gurley, um, although he hasn't been the same Todd Gurley, uh, I don't know. I just, um, I don't, I don't, I, I think they've been figured out a little bit. I, I don't see them going too far. We'll talk about the platoon of running backs that they have in a second here. Mike, you over under 8.5 wins for the Rams. 
Um, I'm well under. I got him at uh, to, to to quote Matt on these half wins. I got him at six and a half. You got him at six and a half wins. They're, they're half. gonna have a tie in there, huh? They are. Uh, I I heard on this podcast that Sean McVay is uh, burnt out. He is talking about burnout. So, yes, at 34 years old, yeah. the ripe age of 34. I'm 35, and I completely feel that, and I understand what it's <laughs> like. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're 34 and losing wood on being a, a head coach, I don't have a lot of faith in that. I am on the under as well for the Rams. Their offensive line last season was brutal. I think that the Todd Gurley hate, a lot of that is driven because of the offensive line. If you look at when Todd Gurley was successful, it's when the offensive line was stacked. So if they're going to still have those same issues, I think the running backs are going to suffer. They did lose Brandon Cooks, their deep threat wide receiver. And maybe the whole Sean McVay thing was a flash in the pan and it kind of just got figured out. So I'm also on the under for the Rams. I have around six wins myself. Moving on to the fantasy implications of the Rams. Jared Goff, quarterback 17, being drafted around Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, and Ben Roethlisberger. Mike, are you in on Jared Goff at quarterback 17 around those players? where he belongs i mean you, you gotta look at the quarterbacks it's where he belongs, it's where he belongs. <laughs> you gotta look at the quarterbacks and you've got they did throw the ball more than any other team in the, in the nfl yeah and he's got 4600 yards and 22 tds they had to you gotta look at it this way you've got your upper echelon of the running quarterbacks and in, in our league which is similar to every other league i assume is you're more rewarded for rushing yards and rushing tds so you've got your kyler murray lamar jackson Patrick Mahomes, who are going to get those numbers. And then you've got that lower echelon where you're not going to get the cushion of the rushing TDs and rushing yards. He's one of those guys. He puts up good numbers on the yards. TDs, you're looking at 22. He's he's a streamer. He's a backup quarterback as far as fans he's concerned. So you're taking Tannehill over Goff? God, that's a toss. I mean, that's a coin toss. It's not somewhere Ugh. I want to be. But if, I, if I'm streaming someone, you got to play the matchup on that. Okay. Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm kind of with Mike on that one. Um, I, I I don't like golf. Um, I would take Roethlisberger over him. Um, although he's got the weapons, like you said, the offensive line isn't great. Um, I, I just don't. I wouldn't even want anything to do with I'm him. I'm in on Goff for where you're drafting him. I don't like Ryan Tannehill. I don't like Baker Mayfield. And I do not think that Ben Roethlisberger – I mean, they talked about – the injury this week uh, on the shoulder and it was brutal and there was multiple surgeries involved. I don't know that a 38 year old quarterback can bounce back from that. I'll take the younger guy in Jared Goff, who is on the team that throws the ball the most for where you have to draft him at QB 17. Okay. With that, from a value perspective, moving on to the running backs. Okay. There is a lot to unpack here. You have cam acres who's ECR 28 for running backs. He's being drafted around the other rookie, DeAndre Swift. He's being drafted around Kareem Hunt and Raheem Mostert. And then you have other guys on the depth chart that have been on the team before. Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, John Kelly. Mark, let's start. I mean, is is Cam Akers the kind of guy where he's just going to step in as a rookie and deliver fantasy value? Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, I think he's he's definitely worth uh, a shot or, or a flyer if you're able to get him at a good price. But um, rookies are always kind of the hot commodities. Uh, you always want to take a shot at the next upcoming rookie. It seems like he's going to get the starting role. He's going to get the first crack at it. But, um, you know, they got, like you said, they got Daryl Henderson. They got Malcolm Brown. They got John Kelly. Someone's going to vulture those touches. And without a preseason to really see what he could do, um, Acres I think it's a little risky. Mike, I like do you Swift. agree with the comments on Cam Akers? No, you don't. I got. I mean, you're looking at him. These are re- these are veterans they had in the stable, and they went ahead and they drafted with the second round pick, uh, Cam Akers. 18 touchdowns. He poses a receiving threat. Um, looking at four receiving touchdowns, 225 yards in Florida State. Um, I'm bullish on him. I think he's going to vulture some targets from these wide receivers. I think he's going to be a big part of that backfield. So you're basically saying this is the next cam that's going to be Superman. I wouldn't go that. I mean, 
I mean, Superman's been cast by so many different people, so let's let's put that aside. But um, I'm buying the hype on Cam Akers. I'm Rank them one, two, three: Akers, Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert. Akers, Hunt, Mostert. <laughs> Mark, is there also an echo in the, the White Claw Wireless Hotline? No, I, I hear you guys just fine. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with Mostert, Hunt, Akers. I am, to my earlier question tomorrow, definitely taking Swift over Akers. It doesn't feel as crowded of a running back room in Detroit as it does in Los Angeles of those names, man, we'll get to Moser later. He doesn't catch a whole lot of balls. I guess we just don't really know what cam acres is. I'm not going to depend on him back two to three, which is kind of where he's being drafted. I'm just rambling right now, but I think I just talked myself out of cam acres complete. A lot of the uncertainty around both the offensive line and who's actually going to get the carries in Los Angeles. So then with all that said, Mark, I'm going to put this back to you since you were kind of in agreement with me, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, John Kelly, Malcolm Brown. If you remember last season, he was really sharing the time with Todd Gurley. He was in there in the red zone a lot of the time, but they drafted guys like John Kelly and Daryl Henderson who really didn't get that much of a shot. When you look at ECR, Malcolm Brown is down there at 66. Daryl Henderson is at 45. Who's going to get the carries there, Mark? Who's the value? Uh, man. Uh, I would stay away from both. Uh, if I had to, I would probably lean more Brown. Uh, I mean, he finished last year with, what, five touchdowns. I don't think Henderson got a touchdown. Uh, if you're going to put him on the goal line, you'll probably go for the bigger body. Uh, I think that's Brown. He'll just kind of bull his way in there. But um, I don't really like any of them. Right there with you. And, Mike, we know we have Super Cam coming in. His name, though, is Cam Akers this time around. Moving on to the wide receivers, we have Bob Woods at ECR 16 and Cooper Cup right before him at ECR 15. Both drafted around guys like Odell Beckham, A.J. Brown, and Calvin Ridley. Here's a stat for you. Both Bob Woods and Cooper Cup were right around 1,100 yards in 2019. However... Cup had 10 touchdowns. Woods had two touchdowns. Mike, let's start with you. Of Bob Woods and Cooper Cup, you're drafting. You have to pick one. Which one are you going with? I mean, you're looking at the same yards with eight more touchdowns for Cooper Cup. So you know who Jared Goff is looking for in the red zone. So no doubt you go Cooper Cup. Mark. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, looking at touchdowns low and, and, and just overall targets, I think Cooper Cup's going to win it there. But if, uh, if you can get him, if you can get Woods for a good price on draft day, I, I wouldn't have any hesitation. You said if you get Woods for a good price. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think Cup's going to go first. Um, but I think, I think this year Woods is going to get more opportunities. You know, I just, um, He's kind of one of those guys. I, I he's never on any of my teams. I, I never even look at him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I would still take Cup. So Bob Woods um, kind of feels him. boring. I feel like you guys both agree with me that he feels like a boring player to pick, especially with, with where you have to pick him at wide receiver sixteen. I will say this much: last time I called a receiver boring during the draft, he led the NFL in receptions and was the number one wide receiver. That was Michael Thomas. So. I learned my lesson on my gut telling me boring and having to actually not be boring. Brandon Cooks is gone. Bob Woods is kind of the Brandon Cooks role now since he's not there anymore. Um, so, and I think there's going to be a regression here with Cup having 10 TDs and Woods having two TDs. Maybe it sort of evens out a little bit. With all that said, I do like Calvin Ridley more than I like Bob Woods. Mark, Mike, do you agree with me? 100%. No doubt. Mark, you going Ridley or Woods? Yeah, I'm going Ridley on this one. Um, let's not forget that Atlanta plays in a dome, and uh, he's the clear-cut wide receiver, too, there with, with less uh, less. So let me throw one targets. more scenario at you, at you, Mark. Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, or Odell Beckham Jr.? Rank them. 
Um, I'm gonna go Brown. Uh, Odell right. Cup. Very good. Moving on to the wide receiver three on the Rams, and I mentioned wide receiver is relevant in this situation since a lot of the time they do run run a wide a three wide receiver set. This is Josh Reynolds at ECR eighty two being drafted around. Danny Amendola, Mohamed Sanu, and Kenny Stills. Mark, thoughts on Josh Reynolds at ECR 82? No thoughts. I'm not even looking at Josh Reynolds. Um, I typically don't mess with wide receiver threes. Uh, this one's no different. I, I, All right, so I not a sleeper in your opinion, Mike? Don't draft him. Don't stream him. Don't touch him. <laughs> Over over the past few years, he's looking <laughs> for a season on average 300 yards and two TDs. For you to get some of those yards and one of those TDs, you're looking at a what one in eight chance. Just just don't go there. I believe he's a third year receiver. They got rid of Brandon Cooks for a reason. I think Josh Ren- Reynolds has sleeper potential. Put him on my sleeper list. It's gonna be a tough time waking him up. Tight Draft end him. position, Tyler Higby. Listen to this. Over the last four, or I'm sorry, over the last five games, four of those games, he had over 100 yards. At the tight end position, that is pretty darn remarkable. He is ECR tight end seven, so a lot of that value is sort of baked in. He's being drafted around Evan Ingram, who we know always gets a handful of targets and at the Giants. Darren Waller, who had a great year, and Hunter Henry. He's being drafted high up there, guys. So, Mark, let's start start with you. Is Tyler Higby going to mm-hmm. continue that performance towards the end of last season? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think uh, – I know Ger- Gerald Everett was injured and Higby got a shot, but, man, what he did with it was was something else. Um, I don't know the, the exact numbers, but, um, you know, he his last four or five games of the season were hot. Uh, he was a, a tight end one for sure, and I, I, I could see he was it, crushing uh, it. Mike, you buying in? No, not really. I mean, we 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 talked about Max Williams, and we well, frankly, we did not talk about Max Williams. And it should be noted that Max Williams had about the same yards and one more TD than Tyler Higby. So all of a sudden to be on the Tyler Higby hype, I'm out. But honestly, tight end's a tough position. You're going to get your upper echelon guys. You're going to be a streamer. So. If you have a good matchup, maybe pick him up, but I'm not buying it. All right, so there's no way in hell I'm drafting Higby over Ingram, Waller, or Henry, not even close. Yeah, he had those four out of the last five games last season with over 100 yards each. But Gerald Everett, like Mark said, wasn't in those games. And last I I recall, Gerald Everett is still on the roster. So I think there's overvaluing going on here. I think he's being overdrafted in fantasy leagues. So when the Yahoo – prompts you to draft a tight end that high, stay away from Tyler Higby. That's my impression, at least. Seattle Seahawks. All right, moving on. Win total, over under nine and a half. They won 11 games in 2019. Mike, you going over or under nine and a half wins for the Seattle Seahawks? I'm going under. I've got them at about eight wins last season. I think they won their, their point differential, I think, was seven points total on those games so basic so i think all of the games that they won they only won one game by more than one possession one score and to carry that over to the next season it is not going to happen it's it's it's, it's going to be under mark yeah before we talk on the seahawks um i hope you don't mind if we take a, a moment to thank our sponsor white claw for uh for their generosity in sponsoring our draft party coming up uh, later this month. So uh, I'm going to have a sip right now of a White Claw. And, Very uh, good. We again. do love our sponsors. Scott, can you tell us about the new exciting flavor you're trying? This watermelon White Claw hard seltzer is invigorating and actually has some electrolytes, I believe. I could be making that up, but I feel I feel invigorated by it. That's right. Um, but, yeah, going back to the Seahawks, uh, I actually have them at nine wins. Um, so I guess I'd say under, although I do like them this year, uh, they made some changes, uh, huge pickup with Jamal Adams on the defense. You know, they get, they have Russell Wilson coming back. They got Chris Carson. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but they, they got a solid receiving core. 
But for some reason, I still have my. I have wins. them over nine and a half wins, way over nine and a half wins. If I had the ability to put a bet down on this in California, I would. Like you said, Mark, they, they are going all in, right? They gave a king's ransom for Jamal Adams. Um, the obvious quarterback position is really strong. The running back position is strong. The wide receiver core, you have an ascending DK Metcalf. You have Tyler Lockett coming back. And they are talking about bringing in another receiver um, before the season starts or maybe into the season. So I feel like the Seahawks are going all in right now to win. And I'm buying their ability to do that. So I'm in on the Seahawks over nine and a half wins. Let's talk about the quarterback position first. Russell Wilson being drafted at ECR four. He's being drafted after Dak Prescott, but before Kyler Murray, who we talked about earlier, and Deshaun Watson. Mike, let's start with you on Russell Wilson being drafted at ECR four. So I'm going to shade that a little bit. As I said, I think Kyler Murray, I would take him ahead. Just for some of the upside, Russell Wilson a little behind that, but I would take him ahead of Dak Prescott. 4,100 yards, 31 TDs, 350 yards rushing, but let's face it, he runs for his life the entire game. Every game makes you wonder how sustainable that is. He's solid, good player, great guy, dedicated, but um, I would shade him a little bit on that number four. Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I like Russell Wilson a lot. I I seem to find a way to draft him every season it feels like um but like mike said the guy's always running um you know he's making plays on his feet he's he's constantly you know he's never in the pocket he has no chance uh with that i'd still take dak over him um and between him and kyler uh it's a coin toss um but kyler does have the upside um but you know again russell wilson i think he's still a, a top you know, five, uh, so for me, Russell Wilson is a roster construction quarterback. I feel like if you draft guys that have a very high ceiling and you need stability on your roster, Russell Wilson is going to give you that stability. He never misses games. He'll get you that last season. He had 30 TDs and three rushing TDs. The rushing TDs feel light for what tends to be a more mobile quarterback as we know him. Um, but if you have high ceiling guys, he would be a nice complement for that roster. If you played it safe in your other positions, maybe you want to draft another high ceiling guy at the quarterback position. So I'm in on Russell Wilson situationally. I'm definitely in on him over Kyle Murray. I mentioned that earlier. And I'm not sure I'm in on him over Dak Prescott, though. Dak Prescott has some serious weapons out in Dallas and the rushing potential to go go alongside of it. Um, So good stuff on Russell Wilson. Uh, he just had a baby. Congratulations to Russ. Good for you, Russ. <laughs> All around good guy. At least that's the way he's portraying. Good job, himself. Russ. Moving on to the running back position, Mr. Chris Carson, ECR 16. He's being drafted around Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, and Melvin Gordon. Mark, let's start with you on Chris Carson at ECR 16. Yeah, um, I think he's a beast. Um, I know he's coming back from a pretty serious, what is it, a hip? broken hip um but you know pete carroll loves to to run his his backs and he's given carson plenty of opportunity um if, if carson's healthy i could definitely buy him uh at that spot if hips are sooner. important so on that note mike let's talk about the stats here for a second he had 1500 total yards nine touchdowns but complemented that with seven fumbles so at that price tag of ecr 16 we see what the upside can look like. Is he going to repeat it, or is there some doghouse potential here with the fumble? He's a value pick. This He's is a value, value pick. pick. Okay. Um, I, I would take him much higher than that. Um, you know, the fumbles are basically what cost him carries. I've got to think that you're putting in the work to secure the football, fundamentals, et cetera. I'm big on Chris Carson. I love him last season. It sucked to see him go down, but I think he's going to come back an absolute monster. I'm torn on Chris Carson. So Rashad Penny's on the roster. He's on the pup list to start the season. Who knows when he'll come back. I'm not as concerned about Rashad Penny, even though he's a younger guy. If you remember, guys, they drafted him, I think, with a second-round pick. Might even have been a first-round pick, but I believe it was in the second round. They also signed Carlos Hyde, who's now become in fantasy football like the ultimate vulture running back. He just seems to get carries no matter where he goes. 
So I feel like I don't know if there's necessarily going to be a split situation, but there is potential doghouse if he can't hold on to the football. With all that said, being drafted around what I'll call the trap back area of the draft, Gurley, Fournette, and Melvin Gordon, I am taking Chris Carson over those guys. But just know that it comes with risk. Moving on to the wide receiver position. All right. Everyone's talking about DK Metcalf. You have Tyler Lockett on the roster. We'll get to him in a second. But let's talk about DK first. He is ECR 24, being drafted around Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker, and Stephon Diggs. Metcalf in his second season, we all saw what he did in the combine. He was the beast in the combine last year, and he had some big explosive plays. Mark, I want to start with you. Is DK Metcalf in a situation where he's going to bust out and become one of those top-tier echelon receivers? Uh, I think he can. Um, like you said, that he's a beast. He's, he's huge. Uh, he's physical. He's dominant. Um, and the only problem is, is Russell Wilson's always running frantically trying to find someone to throw it to. Uh, when they connect, it's nice. But um, I, I would take – I think you mentioned what's uh, Stefan Diggs. Uh, I would take Diggs over him. Um, I think he's got potential. But uh, I don't know. I don't – Rank I don't these really, guys one, two, three. DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker. I'll still go Allen. Um, okay. Allen Parker. Mike, Metcalf. your thoughts on DK? Um, I mean, did he learn to run routes in the offseason? Did, did, did that happen? Because I think he's one of those guys where we fell in love with the combine and we saw the pictures of him in the weight room and we're just like, man, that guy's got to be something special. So I think he's going to be raw talent. I think he probably still needs more work. I think you're going to see – uh, a little bit of an uptick in his sophomore year, but it's still going to be a little bit raw. So I, where he's getting drafted is a little bit rich. I would, I would, I would shade him down a little bit. He is rich to me as well. I do like him over Stephon Diggs. I like Keenan Allen, but I'm not sure if that's just for namesake because he has Tyrod Taylor over there and Tyrod literally throws like 10 balls a game. And Devonte Parker, I see reality kind of setting in for Mr. Parker. So I don't know. This is a tough area of the draft when you're deciding between these receivers. I, I like the upside of, of DK Metcalf and the ascension that we're seeing with him, but I'm going to leave it at that and not really answer the question. I'm going to move on to the next receiver because I really want to talk about him. Tyler Lockett. All right, no one's talking about him anymore, but here's some stats on Tyler Lockett. 1,000 yards, 8 TDs, 110 targets, 82 receptions. He feels underappreciated to me. Mark, does he feel underappreciated to you? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, he without Doug Baldwin there, he kind of stepped up and took that, that number one role. Um, and he, he had a good season. What, he had eight touchdowns last year. Um, you know, he's, he seems to be their, their one. Um, still, still somebody who's not getting looks, who's not getting draft, uh, you know, the, the respect I guess he deserves. Um, so... You know, with that, I'll, I'll give him respect. I'll, I'll give him that he's probably the one on their team, but uh, not terribly excited Mike, to draft him. I want more. I keep hearing about Russell Wilson, this awesome quarterback and everything, and you got all these receivers with seven, eight thousand yards, things like that. I mean, he's got what one x one TD and a hundred yards over DK Metcalf. Um, no one really steps up in there, so I see it just being pretty pedestrian as far as wide receivers are concerned. Look for more of the same from Tyler Lockett. I like Tyler Lockett for where you have to draft him. He's being drafted around Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaurin, DJ Chark. It is not Chark week for me. I think the Redskins are going to be darn – they're not even the Redskins anymore, right? The football team is going to be darn awful. And Cortland Sutton has a crowded receiver room over there. So I feel like Tyler Lockett is not just a gadget guy. He's underappreciated, and I think all the all the spotlights on DK Metcalf, and we're going to see this this season where the spotlight should actually be in the receiver room for the Seahawks. Moving on to tight end. Now, okay, here's what I'll say about tight end for the Seahawks. They use them, and they use them a lot, and they score a lot of touchdowns. But, I mean, look at what we have in the depth chart here. We have Greg Olson. He's an old Olson. 
He is ECR 24 tight ends. You're already looking deep. Then you have the Will Disley and the Hollister store. So between the three of these guys, do you just stay away from this scenario altogether, Mike? So Olsen is your Jason Witten comp right there. That's uh, if, if he stays healthy, you're looking at, you know, dink and dunk, maybe a touchdown here and there. Yeah, you stay away from it. I think these are guys that you can probably pick up and or stream. Um, if I could draft Will Disley really late and just kind of put him down there and see if he pans out, that's who I would pick in this in this tight end field. Mark, you like the Dizzles? Yeah, I'm with Mike on that. I mean, how, how many games are we going to get out of Olsen this year? Um, and, you know, Disley was having a pretty solid campaign to start off uh, until he got hurt. Guy's just um, a brute. But if he can stay on the field, uh, I think he's he, – we're not drafting any of these guys. Um but if I had to choose one, it wouldn't be. Old yeah, we're not drafting any of these guys. I agree with that statement. But someone's going to pick up one of these guys, and they're going to end up with eight or nine touchdowns. Watch and learn. Um, just be the right time and the right moment on the fab waiver wire when that happens. So if you wanted to pull the trigger on one of these guys, I wouldn't mind pulling the trigger on Greg Olson. Maybe he has another year left in them. I think this is a Super Bowl run for the Seattle Seahawks, and I could see a guy like Greg Olson getting on that bandwagon and pull it in together for one more year, one more solid year. On to the San Francisco 49ers. The win total for the Niners, 10.5 is the over-under. 2019, they won 13 games. Mark, are you seeing a repeat of 2019? Are you going over or under the 10.5 win total? I'm uh, going slightly over. I have them at 11 wins. Um, take the division. And, um, yeah, 11 wins. Looks like uh, that's where I kind of see them. Mike, what about you? Got it over. Um, I think they're going to take the division as well. Uh, I don't think they're going to be as dominant as, as, as last year. I think it's going to be a little bit tighter with some of their wins. But it, if you just look at the schedule that they have, it, it's a little bit light. You got some easy games against Washington. Um, at home against the Packers, and God knows we saw what the hell they did to the Packers before. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm over on the San Francisco 49ers. And I am under on the San Francisco 49ers. I see a Super Bowl slump in our future. Um, Debo Samuel is hurt coming in. He's expected to miss games. They lost Brita at the running back position. They've had a couple guys opt out. The names are escaping me, but they are key players on the team. I'm not 100% sold on Jimmy Garoppolo either. So with all that in mind, you guys are over on the Niners. I am under. Let's move on to the fantasy implications of this. Jimmy Garoppolo, speaking of being a guy that I don't really believe in, he is quarterback 22 on ECR. He's being drafted around Mike's favorite player, Kirk Cousins, Allen's favorite player, (laughs) Philip Rivers, and one of Will's favorite players, Drew Locke. So, Mark, let's start with you. Jimmy G, does he turn the corner from a fantasy perspective, and do you trust him as a quarterback, two on your roster? No, I'm staying I'm staying away from Jimmy G. Um, I just – he had trouble throwing it last year, and, and, you know, they lost Emmanuel Sanders, which was, was getting a lot of targets, a lot of looks. Um, you know, bringing in some talent with – uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think he's going to have a couple of options, but I, I don't think he's that great of a passer. They, they seem to like to run the ball more. Uh, they got a great defense they're going to rely on. Uh, so Jimmy G is somebody I'm staying far away Mike, from. Mike, any love for James? Uh, more than what they're giving him on the ECR. I mean, 4,000 yards, 27 TDs. Younger guy, I'm more on the upswing of his career. Um, more familiarity in the system. Had a, had a hell of a playoff run, getting Super Bowl experience. Um, I'm, I'm higher on him than that. I think he's, he's easily a QB too. Yeah. With the lack of weapons that I mentioned earlier, I mean, they do have George Kittle there. He's a beast, but he can't do it all himself. And he has a tight end. They did sign Jordan Reed. I don't know what that means for him, but I don't think it's going to mean a whole lot. I'm going to take Kirk Cousins, Rivers and Locke all over Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm going to leave him for someone else to deal with. So moving on from Jimmy G let's go to the running back position, the running back position for the last few years, to say the least. Matt Breida is out of the picture. We are 
left with Raheem Mostert at running back 26 being drafted around Devin Singletary, Kareem Hunt, and Jonathan Taylor. Mark, are you in on Raheem Mostert at ECR 26? Uh, yeah, I'm in with Raheem. I think, uh, you know, the little bit of a squeaky wheel. He got a little bit of oil. Um, you know, he wasn't – he wanted to get traded. They, they, they worked out a, an agreement to keep him there with some incentive um, that I think, you know, if he wants to get paid, he's going to have to produce. And like I said, with that being a kind of a, a run-first team, I think it's going to have plenty of opportunities to, to show up. So uh, You I'm like all, him over I, I Singletary, like Hunt, and Taylor? Um, I have him, I have him and Singletary pretty close. Um, shoot, uh, you know, Taylor's another rookie, uh, another, uh, question that we're not going to see much in preseason. Um, uh, I don't know. You're asking me to rank them. I am now. Okay. So I would have, uh, I would have Mostert. Um, shit, shit. So I guess you're taking uh, Mostert overall. Mostert, Singletary. Kind of that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it's going to get All the right, opportunity. Raheem Mostert got paid. Mike, he got a little bit more money in the bank. Is that going to lead to fantasy success? No, it never does. One is one is a guy getting paid lead to success. That's not not really it. We look for guys on a contract here. So I mean, it's a running back by committee. It's going to be Mostert, Coleman, and Jarek McKinnon. They're going to share the carries. There's no bell cow here. So um, I'm, not, I'm not really in on Raheem Mostert. Yeah, I have a tough time with him. If you're in a PPR or half PPR league, he only had 14 receptions last year. So he's not going to be the type of running back that's going to get the receptions in the backfield. Uh, but, you know, neither is Tevin Coleman. He's not really a receiving type of back either. Jarek McKinnon, I can't believe he's still on the roster, but I think they signed him to a pretty big contract, so they're kind of stuck with it. If he sticks around, he could be the third down receiving back there. When you compare him to Singletary, Hunt, and Taylor, Mike, I'm going to have you rank them. Singletary, Singletary, Hunt, or Taylor? Singletary, Hunt, Taylor, and Mostert. Give me your top two. Singletary and Hunt. Okay. So we're not in on Raheem Mostert. Are we in on the backups, Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon? Jarek McKinnon's at 75 and Coleman's at 40. No. Is there any value there? They're being drafted around Marlon Mack, Tariq Cohen, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Mark? I'm taking Marlon Mack over any of those guys. Um, but no, I'm not really interested in Tevin Coleman or Jarek McKinnon at reaction all. reaction to that? I know I'm wrong because I'm saying I'm going to agree with Mark on that. Fair enough. <laughs> well, of the players, of the players are being drafted around. <laughs> Coleman's being drafted around Keyshawn Vaughn, Marlon Mack, and Cohen that I mentioned. And man, if you're faced with one of these guys actually contributing to your fantasy lineup, you might as well pack it in and call it a day. But if you if you are in that situation, Tariq Cohen's got a lot of reception upside there. I'm not in on Mac. I'm not definitely not in on Vaughn. Not after the Sean McCoy signing. So give me give me give me Tariq Cohen over Coleman. But you know Coleman might have some upside if, if Mostert doesn't prove to be the guy. On to the wide receiver position, and this guy's is Harry Debo Samuel's hurt. He's expected to potentially miss a few games. He's currently ECR 43, being drafted around Mike Williams, Anthony Miller, and Golden Tate. If Debo Samuel's not around, you have Brandon Ayuk in the picture. You have a platoon of Kendrick Bourne, Dante Pettis, Jalen Hurd, Trent Taylor. Instead of going one by one with these guys, Mark, why don't you demystify the situation for us? Uh, uh, what you just said, I, I don't want anything to do with that at all. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm in a position at the draft where I have enough receivers before I have to make a decision like that. Um, but if I had to take a flyer, it, it, you know, it, it tends to be on the rookies. Uh, Ayuk, you know, he's got some hype uh, coming into the season. Um, he'd be the guy, but, um, yeah, I, I'm not terribly excited Tebow's about out for a while. Brandon Ayuk, 
I mean, assuming that he is up on the depth chart over some of those other guys that I mentioned, he's being drafted around Paris Campbell, Alshon Jeffrey, and Michael Pittman Jr. There could be a lot of upside there. Mike, any reactions? Yeah, you don't really want any part of it. Ayuk is which what you got to go for. I mean, all the other guys are veterans and have shown that they're not going to really contribute or do much. They're not going to step up. So you take the flyer on Ayuk. And my thoughts, if you have a stacked receiving core on your fantasy roster and you went wide receiver heavy, I would start thinking about taking Debo at 43 around Mike Williams, Anthony Miller, Golden Tate. When he comes back from that injury – because we have so much uncertainty around some of these other names that we're talking about, he could be a guy that really helps you down the stretch. Tight end, the coveted position on San Francisco. George Kittle, tight end two. You pretty much have to take him in the second round in fantasy drafts. I don't really see him dropping down to the third round. If he did, it'd be super early in the third round. Mike, are you in on Kittle at that price tag? Um, I'm not. I mean, he, he's awesome. It's so great. You watch him play and you think there's not a chance he's going to replicate some crazy 50, 60 yard catch you got the following season, but somehow he just always gets open. He always catches the ball. He's reliable. But if you're looking at a second round pick, I mean, I just, I just have to be looking at a, a wide receiver one over this. Mark, you like taking the tight end early in this case to get that positional upside in your matchups on a week-by-week basis. What do you think? Yeah, tight ends are tough, man. Uh, we discussed it earlier. It's, there's, there's, uh, there's not too many good ones, but taking one in the second, um, unless it's Kelsey, I'm, I'm probably out. Um, I, I'll look for a little bit of value later if I can. Um, but I do think Kittle, if you're going to take one, he, he, he does deserve the spot. Uh, we just mentioned they're, they're lacking wide receivers. Uh, Jimmy G's, you know, he, he doesn't have the best uh, thrower, so he's looking for that safety net in the tight end, and he's going to get looks, uh, but he's not worth the second pick. Yeah, no. there's only two tight ends this year, right? There's Kelsey and there's Kittle. So if you're going to do it and you're going to go early and invest in one of these guys, these are the guys to invest in. I would not – I've never been – a fantasy player that takes a tight end that early. I stock up on receivers and running backs, but if you're in a territory where you feel like you're in a tier where, you know, there's going to be other receivers or running backs coming back at you that you really like, then take that positional upside and go get, go get Kittle. If you're, if you're drafting and you're not kind of certain around your running backs and receivers, then situationally I would go with running backs and receivers. But no fault in taking Kittle in the second round. I mean, we talked about the lack of certainty around the receiving core on this team. So Kittle kind of feels to me like the only stable show in town, at least in the beginning of the season, while Debo is hurt. Any last comments on San Francisco, Mike? No, I mean, I think we, I think we got it. It's a, it's, it's a hell of a squad, but as far as fantasy value and, and who you're really looking for and star power, it's really just Kittle. I mean, they're built around that defense. So despite being an absolute juggernaut in the NFL, he's not terribly fantasy relevant. Mark, I know you're a big Full House fan. Any parting comments on the Niners? Uh, yeah, no, um, not really. Um, they they couldn't win. The, they didn't win the Super Bowl. Um, I don't see them coming back this year. Um, Kittle's the one you're looking for, and you know you're, right, you're hoping Mostert the is the horse. And but, how they finish uh, again, in the division, and the mention if any of these teams do any damage in the playoffs. Uh, I'm gonna go Niners, Cardinals, Seahawks, Rams. Uh, so you think the Niners take the division, but they don't, don't go deep into the playoffs? There's gonna be any damage in the playoffs? No. Mike, what about you? Uh, I, I hate agree with Mark, but I got to say I think it's so. going to be San Francisco, Arizona, Seattle, and the Rams with San Francisco going to the uh, divisional round, and that would be the biggest splash out of the division. And I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks at a 13-3 and what record to win the division, followed by the Niners at 8-8. Eight and eight. The Rams and the Cardinals both finish at six and ten, and I'll give the tiebreaker there to the Cardinals so I can drink a 
touch of that Kool-Aid that's being thrown out there on that team. And I think the Seahawks come out of the NFC as the Super Bowl contender within that conference. Uh, Mark, any last-second comments to wrap up the show? Uh, no, I'm just I'm just super pumped that uh, that football is back, back baby. Mike, what about draft, you? And we're going to get together soon yeah, and have a good time. Podcast, we're uh, saying we're drafting in Palm Springs. Well, everyone, the answer is yes. We are drafting in Palm Springs. We'll be boozing it up. It will be live draft board. I'm fired up. And going back to the first takeaway from the episode, find a fun way to make your draft extra special. If that means modifying how your draft selections your draft slots are are selected, then go ahead and do that. Have a blast, guys. Thanks, for everybody, for listening. We'll try to do better the next time. Peace out.